0: back to Trust God, bro. Well, I just recorded a couple of minutes, and I just realized my microphone was muted. But welcome back to the 12 Days of Christ-Centered Miss, a Christmas advent on relishing and reflecting on the gospel. And we just need it so much. We need it deep into our hearts. And um, if you got every item on the, the Christmas list for the 12 Days before Christmas, it would be $170,000. That's a lot of money. And um, But even more than that, even more than true love, we need the gospel. So I'm doing the 12 Days of Christ-Centered Miss. So um, even though it doesn't really roll off the tongue, because um, we need the gospel so much and we just are prone to forget it. And each day will be a different meditation on an attribute of God. And at the end of every episode, we'll talk about a couple discussion questions for you or a friend to think about and talk about. So this is the third day. And a little known fact, I just found this out actually, the, the fourth day is actually for collie birds and not for Colleen birds. So Yeah, I've been singing it wrong this whole time, and I mean, I just found that out today, so I thought it was really interesting. But this is the third day, and trust His grace, you know, and um, this is a huge topic, and um, I can't in any way encompass this, but this is just uh, bringing our hearts to what is God's grace um, for us, and what does this mean uh, through the lens of Christ. So in Ephesians 1, it says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us, in the one he loves. If our creation and adoption is to the praise of God's grace, we would be greatly benefited by dwelling on grace and talking about it. The grace of God is sweet to sinners. The whole salvation plan is focused around grace the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us for by grace you have been saved through faith Titus 2 says for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people and understanding God's grace will propel you into joyful obedience to God it is delight not duty if we are performing um, out of a sense of duty we don't have the gospel the gospel is Freezes us up. It takes burdens off and not puts burdens on. If We feel like it is a burden. We don't have the gospel. A theme from the last two days is the Psalms because that's what where I've been reading recently. Because of this, we are going to dwell in the Psalms again about God's grace. Psalm 86 is a psalm where the theme of grace sticks out. It goes like this. Psalm 86, a prayer of David. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you... Do I cry all the day, gladden the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made, Shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seeks my life, and they do not set you before them. But you, O Lord... Are a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame. Because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Um, That's Psalm 86. And I know it's a, it's a big psalm, and I know it's a lot of um, things to go through, but I think as you were listening to it, um, uh, some things probably stuck out to you. And there's the repetition of Exodus where God declares His character character of being merciful and gracious, and how the Lord and how He's calling out for grace, and He seems like He's sinking, and David is um, seems like He's just crying out for help. And prayer 86 is a prayer that King David prayed when he was in trouble. Asking, um, it was after asking for God's protection at the beginning of the psalm in verse 2. So David later tells us what kind of trouble he was in. He says that arrogant people had attacked him and that a gang of ruthless men was out to kill him. That's in verse 14. The psalm reminds us of our greatest need as well as our greatest source of hope, the grace of God. What is God's grace? If you ask most people, many would say that grace is like a ballerina, dainty, nice, (laughs) you know? And uh, some people would say it's a prayer. Like, can anyone say grace? It's kind of like the Christmas vacation when Aunt Bethany says grace, and all of a sudden she starts singing the national anthem. God's grace um, is not that. It's not a prayer. It's not um, dainty. It's not nice. The reality of biblical grace is deeper, much deeper than this. God's grace is His goodness expressed towards sinners who don't deserve His goodness. It is so close to God's heart, and like Ephesians 1, it is the purpose of our creation, to the praise of God's glorious grace. There is no grace towards sinners apart from the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Grace is not only the remission and forgiveness of our sins, but it is God's provision in our lives. For Paul said, God's grace is sufficient for me. When ruthless men were going to attack him, David cries this, Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you I cry all the day. The grace when enemies are tracking him down David goes on and asks not only this, but the grace of receiving gladness from God. So you see the grace when he is being hunted. And we don't know exactly when this was. I mean, he was, this probably happened um, pretty frequently in David's life. And he not only asked for that of help when he's getting tracked down by enemies that are going to crush him, but he asked for receiving gladness from God. He says, gladden the soul of your servant for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Grace is a favor from God, unmerited favor. Do you remember those big buckets of water at water parks? So I mean, we had one close to our home in Peoria. It was called Splash Town, and it was it was the place to be. I'm mean, I'm just saying it. You know, kids would wait 10 minutes watching this bucket fill up, and then it's about to tip over, and the water starts coming out, and floosh, the water comes pouring out, smashing kids to the ground, detrunking boys. You go up. And underneath the bucket, and you'll hold out a little teacup and catch some of that water. That's what God's being rich in grace is like. We hold out our dry cups, and God pours out an ocean into it. Our cup overflows grace more than we can imagine. This is the nature of our God. How do we receive grace? At this point, you might be thinking, how do I get a piece of that grace? Like, like a shady dealer in the corner, you're scheming on how you can perform the next big heist to get some grace, you know? What do I got to do to get some grace? Do we get grace in response to good works? Do we pray, give money, volunteer, and then we get grace? Galatians 1.15, Paul says it was before he did anything. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace... John Piper says, grace is not God's response to our deserving or meriting. Grace is God's free gift before we do anything good and his enabling of us to do anything good. Um, so there's the two sides of that, that grace is a gift before we do anything good and the enabling of us before we do anything good. Romans 4, 4, Paul says, now to the one who works, his wage is not credited according to grace, but according to debt. In other words, grace is not what you get when you work for somebody. That's what he owes you. Grace is never owed. It is always a free bonus from the overflow of goodness. Suppose a young boy on Christmas Day opens up an incredible gift. Whatever you really, really wanted when you were 10 years old, imagine it. Maybe a vintage Pele lunchbox, iPod Touch, or maybe an avocado. The young boy opens it up and begins to go into his room, gets all the money out of his piggy bank and gives it to his parents. And he's, it, it, and as he reaches, um, his dad says no. And it pains him to see that, his son giving him this money. We got you this gift. You just received this gift. And the boy says, you mean I don't pay for it? Yes, it's a gift. See, payment would nullify the gift. If you could pay for it, which you can't, um, it would nullify it being a gift. Nobody qualifies for grace. It has to be received. We receive it through faith by simply welcoming it as a gift and relying on it. It is free and cannot be earned or deserved. It is received as a gift by faith, not merited by works. So then where does this grace come from? I mean, this gift was bought. I mean, it surely cost a price, and that's what you're asking. What I'm asking, the forgiveness of sins only comes through the shed blood of Jesus, who stood in our place, who experienced the frown of God so that we could experience the smile of God. He made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, how I wish I knew these words as a new Christian, that I don't have to be a strong person. You see, I I thought being a Christian was about being someone really strong, having lots of willpower, and and that's not what it's about. Being a Christian is about getting to be weak so we can rely on God's strength and that we can just fall into His arms. We don't have to to find something to, to balance us on because He wants to be that for us. And So take your sin, your moral failures, and weakness to God, and His grace will be sufficient to cover all your sins and make you new. The freeness of God and His grace sparks an obedience that is not debtor's ethic. It is a joy that only comes from believing and trusting this grace through Jesus and not by works. This is what Paul calls the obedience of faith, which is basically that through faith we receive this gift and it causes joy and leads us to obey. So this is in Romans 5, and this is how it applies to our life. Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. So when you receive it, you want to spread it. It's to the joy of of all nations, and for the glory of God, you want to share a grace that's freely received and freely given. There is grace for your salvation. There is grace for your suffering. There is grace for your pain. There is grace for your weakness. There is grace for your misery. There is grace for your fears. Trust his grace. So as some discussion questions, I wanted to ask, how is the word grace typically used in our culture? And the next question is, how would you define God's grace to someone who's unfamiliar with the Bible? If someone just walked up on the street and said, hey man, what is grace? What is God's grace? And then last question, how does trusting God's grace give us confidence in our weakness? All right. All right. Thanks to David Platt's commentary on Psalm 86 for the discussion questions and John Piper's May 10th, 1998 sermon on grace in the book of Romans for guidance. Thanks to my brother, Derek Rumbled, for this awesome intro and outro. Um, I'm really thankful for that. And just listen to his music. Type in Sounds from the Outside Bandcamp into Google if you want to check some of that out. And again, thanks for listening to this Christ Centered Miss episode. And tomorrow we'll be trusting God's sovereignty. And that's how you trust God, bro.